Bailey Williams goes for Bruce. He couldn't, could he? He could! <laughs> the lead. It was one of those nights that you dream about as a little kid and the reality's kind of sunk in this morning as I've woken up and, yeah, the phone's still blowing up. He might have had 39 hit-outs, but it's not a million-dollar-a-season player at 39 hit-outs, but only 10 possessions and not much around the ground. I think Sydney exposed something in Richmond that now other clubs are looking at very, very closely. Given the magnitude of Alistair Clarkson's achievements, would you understand if Carlton made a phone call? Oh, as long as they're transparent and clear with me, I'm comfortable, I understand it. The lead. The best trick you've ever pulled, bike into a dam or anything that you've done <laughs> over the years. Oh, gee, there's, um, have you guys heard of tree parachuting? <laughs> <laughs> tell us more, please tell us more. <laughs> The players have said, right, it's time that we really need to have success and to start building something that's really sustainable. And I think there's a real selflessness that's been brought in by the playing group. Bolton! Oh, wow. Up he goes! Oh, oh, oh. He is taking his game to ridiculous new heights. This is The Lead on ABC Radio and ABC Sport Digital. The Lead items this Saturday. Champions rise. More body blows for Richmond, but the reigning Premier climbs from the canvas. The players let out an almighty roar. Who dared to ride off the champs? Hopefully we make the finals, but uh, I reckon if we get there, we're going to cause um, we're going to cause some grief. So we'll back ourselves in and see how we go. The most imposing figure on the field, Toby Nankervis, joins us. Lead journo Alicia Muling is on the ground in Queensland and will have the latest on the injury that has hospitalised Dustin Martin. Unpredictable football. Amid the COVID chaos, how will the AFL structure the season from here? And Port Adelaide coach Ken Hinckley is our guest ahead of today's massive clash with the Saints. There is never a shortage of talking points in the world of football. Great to have your company on the lead. I'm Alistair Nicholson at the Docklands where the roof is closed. There won't be a crowd this afternoon, but there will be a very consequential game of football between St Kilda looking to go into the AFL's top eight and Port Adelaide, who if they win this afternoon, would go ahead of Brisbane and into the AFL's top four. Ken Hinckley to join us. A little later on in the program, breaking news as well to cover off with Alicia Muling. Dustin Martin in hospital, couldn't make the flight home with the Tigers. But also news coming through regarding players going into quarantine in Queensland. So we'll get the latest on that very shortly on the lead on ABC Grandstand AFL. Adam Ramanaskis, good afternoon to you. Oh, never a dull moment, is there? Never. It's just one thing to the next, so... Victoria into lockdown now. Players that have now players into hard lockdown in in Queensland potentially. So it never stops this game at the moment. Alicia's going to have all the details coming up for us on the lead. Cameron Ling is here. G'day, Lingy. Hello, Al. Hello to everybody out there. Uh, yeah, you're right. It is um, plenty going on, and amongst all that, the reigning champs uh, have a really important win, a big win against the Lions. Uh, probably one that if the Lions had got over the line, and with Richmond facing Geelong next week. Richmond season's done and dusted, but instead they find a way to win in Jack Rewalt's 300th game, and it was a hard, gritty, just arm wrestle at times, but they won it, and uh, credit to them. A couple of doubts on the lines now, starting to creep up a little bit. Their depth is worrying me, Rammer. Um, injuries may be taking their toll, but plenty going on, and another big one today, Port Adelaide versus St Kilda. Port have got to keep winning. St Kilda have got got to be the same to uh, to jump into the top eight so it should be a good day you'd look at the game last night and there was just a sense that Richmond were on early you, they were they were up for it it just 
it had that feeling. Like Martin kicks the, the first goal, I think, of the game, and then it's, the game's flowing. But the thing that you notice with Richmond is their pressure. Yep. Like there was a number of times when they were just forcing uh, Brisbane back with handball. Brisbane just handball back, handball back, handball back. And by on some stages, they were right on their own goal line. And then it just a quick kick, Correct. hack, yeah. turnover. So, like, Nan Kervis was enormous last yeah. night. We, we all, uh, I think, you know, it's, you see the influence and the impact that he has on the team, but you all see, you see it what he has on the midfield group alone. Just, just a, he's just a presence. He makes the other opposition midfielders think about, geez, I better get the ball away quick because Big Nang's going to come and he's going to hurt me here. It's sort of got that Shane Mumford mentality of when he was in his prime about it. So, well done to the tie. Well done to Jack Revolt. 300 games, just dominated last night. To kick six in his yeah. 300th, and we've seen him perform in big games time and time again. He seems to relish that moment. I know Ryan Lester's done the job previously on Jack, but it just it didn't work. I felt, I felt for Ryan Lester last night. It, ne- it, need that, it needed a changeover. Well, unfortunately, that's where my concern with Brisbane is coming from, though. Darcy Gardner's yeah. injured another four to six weeks. Adams is Adams. out injured four to six weeks. Yeah. Jared Berry, we're still not seeing him. The, then the depth gets tested, and then Ryan Lester's forced to play. And you're right, he has done a good job in the past, but he's forced to play a more pivotal role. Uh, maybe just starting to... I'm starting to turn off the lines a little bit. They're so reliant on McCluggage and Neil and Charlie Cameron lines. having a big game and lines. They're absolute A-grade, and they don't get much from six, seven other players, the bottom end of that team? One player that was an emergency for Brisbane last night that I'm very interested in is Nakaya Cockatoo. Just coming back into the team. I know, I've, Lee, I I've know. got to hold myself back. I, I was so excited about him for so many years. I know, <laughs> I know, but it just could be a little spark that they need. Yep. Just in, in, you know, we're, They've got five games remaining now in the season. They'll play finals, obviously, but could he come in with a month remaining... And just be an X factor because that's probably something that just an area they're lacking at the minute. They've shown an ability to get players right, and, yeah. and it's it's Geelong based again. But Lincoln McCarthy, correct? They got him right, and he's played terrific footy. If they could get Cockatoo, it's always been the if. If Nikai Cockatoo's body could hold up, he could be anything, absolutely anything. Zero four three seven 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 four seven seven four is the SMS number if you've got an observation on what's been taking place in the world of football. Um, if you've got a thought on what might transpire today or what happened last night, we'd love to hear from you. 0437774774. You can get us on that number right throughout the day on Grandstand AFL. Remember to give us your name and where you're taking in the broadcast so we can attribute those texts. Um, looking at Richmond then, from where you were with Richmond and what you were prepared to think they were capable of going into last night because there's so much trust around Richmond. They'd established that bank of trust based on performance over many years where they'd been in difficult positions. They've had injuries in recent years. They've found a way. For the first time, though, Ramarinley, it felt like even the most ardent supporters and believers were having their doubts about Richmond's abilities to mount a serious charge again. What about now? I was one of those. I was a total believer and total, just complete trust in them. They'd get it right, but four losses in a row, Rammer. Yeah. starts eroding that trust and that's what makes last night so impressive, to bite back against a good team. Yeah, well, moment. that's what... I think if they bit back last night, at say, against a Hawthorne or an Adelaide at the moment, it wouldn't have had the same impact. But against Brisbane last night, a hardened team now, hardened finals team, that has impact. It has effect. It has effect on your thinking. 
Adam Ramanaskis, Cameron Ling, Alistair Nicholson with you for the lead on ABC Grandstand AFL. Shortly, Alicia Muling's going to join us. You'll have the latest news on Dustin Martin's injury. He wasn't able to return to Melbourne given he's got a, a severe kidney injury and he's still in hospital. So Alicia's going to have the latest there. Plus, breaking news around several players and officials in Queensland being forced into a hard lockdown. So she'll have the latest on that coming up. And Ken Hinckley's going to join us as well, I had the chance to chat with Toby Nankervis just before he boarded a flight this morning to return back to Melbourne. So Toby coming up in just a moment. But let's hear what Damien Hardwick had to say last night. He says the team never lost any confidence about what it could achieve this year. Well, I think we've all, all, always had the confidence. We probably just haven't played to the level that we'd like. And, and as I said previously, you know, we had players coming in and out of the side and so a connection and consistency wasn't there. And but we're going to get the vast majority back now, we think. So we're really excited about, you know, what, what it does look like for us moving forward. Uh, the story is ours to write. You know, the ball's in our court. We've just got to play as well as we can. And, you know, hopefully we make the finals. But uh, I reckon if we get there, we're going to cause um, we're going to cause some grief. So we'll back ourselves in and see how we go. Going to cause a lot of grief if they get there, reckons uh, Damien Hardwick. Uh, on the injury front, as much as he said that everyone was going to come back at some point, likely for the Geelong match, the only player to return is Shane Edwards, he said in that press conference. Um, naturally disappointed last night, the coach of the Brisbane Lions, Chris Fagan, who felt they played well for a period in the second quarter, but that was about it for the Lions. Richmond came to play tonight and they played really well. Uh, they, were, they were wanting to win for Jack Rewell, obviously, in his 300th game. So there's a bit of added motivation there. Plus, they're trying to keep their season alive, which is, you know, we've played two teams in the last two weeks that have been in that situation. So, uh, you know, we need to get better uh, playing against those sorts of teams. Um, there's no doubt about that. And we've got to stop two weeks in a row now. We've let uh, opposition team have run-ons of goals, like there was five in the, in the third quarter. So we need to have a look at why that's happening. Uh, giving away too many inside 50s. So there's a, there's a number of things to look at. I mean, we were looking a million dollars a few weeks ago when we beat Geelong and, uh, and then went over to Adelaide and played particularly well. But um, we've struggled a little bit since. So probably a normal part of uh, team life. Um, you, you want to win every week, but you can't. As always from Chris Fagan, a very fair and honest assessment of the group. Uh, and, he, and he's right. I, I, Eric Hipwood's a big out, a big down um, from that forward line. I was really disappointed with Joe Danaher last night. In in the absence of Hipwood, I know he kicked those couple of goals and they got on a run a little bit. And and I'm not expecting six or seven goals from Danaher in a monster game. What annoyed me a little bit last night, Rama, was so many times he was bodied early by Asprey or a, another Richmond defender and never even made the long ball marking contest. And Nankervis, who had 10 intercept possessions in the game, Grimes, Asp they all took intercept marks because Danaher never got there. He's got to fight through that initial contest and contact more than he did last night. See, I completely understand, but I look at that last night and, and Richmond knew that he was really the only one that was going to be there. So on so many occasions last night, it wasn't just a one-on-one -on -one battle. It was one-on-two, one-on-three sort of thing when he was going up in those contests. Now, if Joe can bring the ball to the ground, beautiful, beautiful, perfect. So I think he now, over this the remaining part of the season, he's going to have to slightly change his game. There's, there's no doubt about that. I, I agree with you. It was 1v3. Yeah. It makes it hard. But the fact that he never got there, mm. that's, that was the thing that was irritating me. It was somebody took his body early as the ball's still in, at its apex in the air and 
he never then was able to fight through that initial contact and still reach yeah. the marking contest at its highest point and at least bring it to ground. It was just a non-entity at times. Well, the biggest thing for Brisbane last night, they got 11 of their 13 goals out of their direct forwards. They didn't get any other goals really out of their mids. And that was where, oh, I think, in the end, the problem lied. Like, Danaher, three. Uh, Bailey, two. Cameron, two. McCarthy, two. McStay, two. So they're all forwards. Yep. So there wasn't enough rolling through. Richmond. I thought Richmond's midfield did a really good job last night. So the champions, uh, they look like they were down and on the canvas, but they've stood back up again. The Tigers, a superb win last night. In a moment, we'll hear on Grandstand AFL on the lead from a key part of it all, Toby Nankervis. Don't you know I'm still standing better than I ever did? Jack Greenpot. Mr. 300. Mr. Perfect. He's got it. They've jumped out the gates, the Tigers. Dashing handballs to Martin. Martin's kicked these freakish goals from the boundary before. This one will land at the top of the goal square. Scholl will soccer it through. Scholl's been watching the Euros. I'm still standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to go long. Where are the flies? Where's Rewald? Up he goes! Yes, Jack from the side of the pack. Jack Rewald does his job as he's done time and time again for the Tigers. That's a clever kick and Rewald going back with the flight as he's done already so spectacularly this year. There are no fans behind the goals, but it doesn't matter. The 300-milestone man is single-handedly keeping the minutes. Ten times the club's leading goal kicker. A man who has brought energy every time he's gone out on the ground, who's craved big moments. This is a big kick. One he struck very well for five. Gave to Chole, broke a tackle, goes from 50. Surely not Marbior! A career-high four! And maybe Richmond's home. Cotchen off to Lambert. Lambert towards full forward. It could be downfield. Tackled belatedly. Jack's going to get the ball. Was Jack Hill? Downfield it is. Jack's going to get it all the same. So the Umps have got a sense of theatre. Jack for six, directly in front. The champions rise to the occasion. And how Jack has risen as Richmond is rising from the ashes. It's their Mark Twain moment. Yes, it would appear that reports of Richmond's death were premature and exaggerated. 20 points, the win to Richmond last night. Now, while Cameron Ling and Adam Ramanaskis were contemplating a bowl of porridge this morning, I raced into the office very early because the Tigers were on an early flight and managed to grab a quick chat with Toby Nankervis on return last night for the Tigers. He was a key weapon in the midfield all night and had a physical presence as well. Toby Nankervis here reflecting on last night's victory. Yeah, it was, a, it was a definitely a tough game. We, uh, yeah, we we lucky enough to sneak through, but yeah, I, I just a bit generally sore. I think the boys are a bit sore and sorry today, but um, that would be good. It's a lot better waking up after a win. What did that win mean to the group last night? Yeah, it was huge. I think um, a bit of yeah, obviously a bit of belief, but um, yeah, probably just instilled some of the stuff we've been training is um, is working, and um, yeah, we're looking to build in the next 
part of the year. Your influence was profound on return from your knee injury last night. Um, how physically ready were you for the contest last night and did you feel like you could have that impact straight away? Yeah, I felt really good going into the game. I think um, that was sort of a focus from um, the medical team myself that when I come back I wanted to be, be ready to go so I could um, have an influence. I didn't want to be carrying anything. and um, Yeah, so I just wanted to come back and um, yeah, be able to attack the game like a and I'll play my best footy. Talk us through your approach to the game, Toby, and the approach to your ruck work. You sort of came at Oscar McInerney from the side on a lot of occasions, and, and you like the physical nature of the game. That's that's quite clear. What mindset do you have around the way you want to play? Um, yeah, he's a, he's a terrific ruckman, Oscar. I think um, he's trying to nullify it because um, he's obviously such a long reach. There's not nullify that as much as I can. and um, Yeah, just get after the ball and at ground level, which I think uh, is a strength of mine. Toby Nankervis is with us on the lead on ABC Grandstand AFL. Toby, it was such a special night last night for Jack Rewalt playing his 300th game. And unfortunately, Chris and Leslie couldn't be there and Carly and, and the family as well. But a couple of his brothers, Charlie and Harry, were able to, to watch at the Gold Coast. What did it mean to the group for him to be bringing up that milestone? He's obviously going to go down as a champion of the football club. Yeah, it was obviously a great occasion for Jack. And um, yeah, it's an absolutely amazing achievement to play throughout the games and the career he's had second to none really. But um yeah, it's great to um get the get the win for him last night and he played an absolute ripper last night, Jack, and um we've seen a bit a few highlights um during the week just of um of of his career and it's absolutely unbelievable. Um you know, yeah, yeah, how good he is and how much of a competitor he is and yeah, he's no doubt he'll go down as a champion of the game. He has a capacity to step up in, in big matches. He loves the, the grand occasion. What do you think it is about him that, that sort of delivers in those big moments? Yeah, I'm not too sure. I think um, his, his personality is just such a great competitor. I think um, yeah, he, he hates losing. He's, um, yeah, that's one thing about him. He never shies away from the big moment. And um, yeah, he definitely didn't do that last night. Adam Ramanaskis is into me all the time on the lead about Tasmanian references, Toby, but, but we have to indulge here, I think, a little bit. I saw the photos in the room afterwards. You had the, the Tassie T-shirts on, all the players. What, what was the story behind that? Yeah, usually um, Dimmer will give the gift um, with the theme pre-game. Um, yeah, obviously with Jack 300. This week was um, yeah, a great celebration for Jack. And, yeah, just a, um, with his local club and obviously his home state, on a on a shirt, um, yeah, which is a great great idea initiative from um, from Tim and the coaches. You had Dylan Grimes's thirtieth birthday yesterday, and you also had Jack's milestone. Was there any room for a little celebration last night? <laughs> no, we we the game finished and done our recovery and got back to the hotel, and the boys were straight to bed. I think, um, yeah, obviously after such a taxing game, I think the boys are pretty exhausted and um, yeah, early flight this morning. Toby Nankervis is with us on Grandstand AFL on the lead. Um, obviously, one player who didn't get to bed too early was Dustin Martin, Toby, who was taken down in the middle in a heavy collision with Mitch Robinson last night and, and went off to hospital. Have you seen him this morning? No, I haven't I haven't heard how that was. Obviously, he'd be quite sore. He'd not very often you see Dustin go down, but yeah, I'm not too sure what that is. I haven't heard too much about that, but um, yeah, it's pretty... Pretty amazing contest from Dustin. Um, it was an amazing effort from him to um, obviously just a great attack on the ball. 
And we saw the nature of the game last night. It was a physical affair. It's clear in, in recent matches between the two sides, there's not a lot of love loss between you and the Brisbane Lions. In fact, Danny Daly, uh, their footy manager, used to be at Richmond. He told us in the pregame last night that when you shared a flight to Brisbane, no one really spoke to each other. It was a fairly hostile environment. Was that deliberate on the, the Richmond part that you'd really steeled yourselves for the game? No, definitely, definitely not. I think, um, yeah, we have great respect for them and They've been a, um, a great team for a few years now, and yeah, we're generally our uh, games are quite highly contested. And um, yeah, last night was no different, but no, it was definitely none of that from um, from our end. I think um, we sort of got the late call to get to the airport and jump on a flight, and um, yeah, it was great from both teams to be able to be so uh, flexible with that. Toby Nankervis is with us, such a key part of Richmond's win last night. Toby, um. We saw, I think, a, an abnormal almost number of dangerous tackles last night deemed by umpires. Was there a noticeable shift, did you think, in that interpretation? Um, well, I think a few of them were from my end, probably. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure. I haven't seen replays of any of them or, or whatnot. But I think, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't really comment um, about it. I haven't seen them. But, yeah, as long as they're, I think the thing is, as long as they're consistent with what they call, it's fine. Yeah, Damien Hardwick said similar after the game last night. The, the one on Joe Danaher in the second quarter, take us through that moment and, and how difficult it is for you as a player to, to try and land the player you're tackling, I suppose, in a safe manner. Yeah, I think such a split-second decision you have to make. But, yeah, no, as I said before, I think um, yeah, as long as they're consistent, the onus probably is on the tackler to make sure there's a duty of care there. We don't want to see players get get hurt. Um yeah, with the head injuries and whatnot. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure. I haven't seen a replay of it. Any added difficulty in being a you know a big bloke in those scenarios? Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not too sure. I think, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's probably an area I need to, to get better at. Um, yeah, obviously giving away a few free kicks and whatnot, it's not ideal, especially against such a high-quality team. But, yeah, it's something I'd probably need to work on. Now, I'm speaking to you just before you jump on the bus and head to the airport. Um, any plans changed this morning around timings of departure, given what occurred last night on the way to the game? Do you need to leave a bit early to make sure you get the flight? <laughs> no, I think we should be right this morning. It was um, yeah, pretty amusing last night. I think our, our, our bus trip there was definitely quite amusing. And boys are checking the maps and, um, yeah, all, it was um, just all red the whole way and didn't have a toilet on the bus and, um, yeah, but no, it was actually uh, it was actually quite amusing. Now, Damien Hardwick said in the post-match, uh, if Richmond is to make the finals from here and he, he still feels confident that you're, you're capable of doing it, you're going to cause a fair bit of grief. What are your thoughts around that? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think, um, yeah, we know our best footy is good enough to compete with anyone. And, um, yeah, we just want to look to, uh, to build every week and keep getting better and, um, yeah, see what we can do. But... It doesn't get any easier this week against Geelong. Um, I'm not sure where that game's going to be, but yeah, wherever it is, there's the um, in the top four at the moment playing some great footy. Now, Nank, just before I let you go, just a favour, if you could, do you mind if I refer Adam Ramanaskis on to you if he keeps giving me grief about Tasmanian <laughs> references? You can <laughs> remind him that that's perfectly acceptable. <laughs> yeah, mate. Send him my way, mate. Obviously, us Tassie boys stick together, mate. Love your work, Nick. Thanks for your time on Grandstand AFL. Good on you. Thanks, sir.
Sometimes you just need a big bodyguard, Adam Ramanaskis, <laughs> oh, eh? Well, guards are the big guys to protect you, <laughs> Absolutely. eh? Absolutely. That's oh, what the little skinny wow. guys do. They go and they're the cheeky ones, and then they let the big guys it's, sort it's, it out. Liggy, it's absolutely remarkable. Well, speaking of little yeah. skinny guys, Ram, yeah. we know the big celebration around Jack Revolt's 300th game and all of that. We were able to get a little bit of audio uh, post. Jack Revolt made his senior debut for Clarence 2005 as a 15-year-old, I think in year 10. Uh, we were able to get some audio of a young 23-year-old reporter having a chat with Jack Revolt after this game. The son of former Clarence champion Chris and second cousin of Rodney Eid split the middle with his first SFL senior kick. I should have passed it off, actually. Um, it was a bloke in a better position. The 15-year-old plays a similar style of game and aims to emulate the feats of his first cousin, St Kilda star Nick Rewalt. Yeah, he rang me up beforehand the game just to wish me good luck and all that. Yeah, it was good talking to him. Now, was that two 15-year-olds having <laughs> a chat? Had, had, had your voice broken then? <laughs> really? Sounded like a grade five kid doing a news reading. Yeah, that was um that was it was like your, your, your grade five sort of project. Yeah, homework. yeah. <laughs> Jack's hair in that uh, oh, clip wow, was yeah. just crazy, blondie, ready all over the shop. I've uh, had a bit myself in those yeah, days. Yeah, I was wondering it. that. How much did you have? Yeah, just a little bit. Had a little bit of brown hair, but that's um that's gone these days. The voice has deepened just a fraction of <laughs> sort of found my... My spot, my sweet spot. I think. Thanks for bringing that up, boys. That was lovely. Really good to hear. Alicia Muling is a news journo who has a very fluent and easy listening narration or reading voice. Alicia, she joins us from Queensland on the program. How are you? Hello, guys. Hey, I started my career in Tasmania and I remember you, Alistair, about 10 years ago. You didn't have any hair back then. Oh, <laughs> hello. Hey, hey Le- Leish also, because Alistair was sort of a big thing in Tassie, right? <laughs> Did he actually give you the time of day and, and try to help you? Rama, he was very lovely from what I can oh, recall. Very nice. I was about to ask when you were coming back from Queensland whether that could be delayed, but now you're most welcome to return <laughs> any time, Alicia. But breaking news, um, just looking at your Twitter profile, you broke a story in the past hour regarding some players who've been forced into hard quarantine. Yeah, so this is a developing story at the moment. It's just come through in the last 45 minutes or so. But there are three clubs involved at this stage, and that's Essendon, North Melbourne and the Swans. So Essendon has one player who is in hard isolation, and that is Andrew McGrath, and a couple of staff members who unwittingly visited a Tier 1 exposure site in Victoria before uh, coming to Queensland. The Swans, they have four staff members isolating and uh, the Kangaroos, they have one player isolating who wasn't in the round 18 team. So uh, a developing story. At this stage, it doesn't uh, seem like the games will be affected. Um, and obviously, all players and staff have been retested again. Uh, as we speak, North Melbourne and Essendon are actually playing a scratch match in Brisbane with a number of Lions players. Um, I've been told that, uh, you know, a lot of heads of uh, heads of footy are there, um, you know, and there is a number of crisis talks going on at the moment and at league headquarters. So it's a, it's a developing story, but certainly um, a, an alarming situation here on the Gold Coast uh, this morning. And Alicia, question without notice, but do you know if the players who are in hard quarantine were on the same flight as, as their teammates? You'd assume so. And if that's the case, would that not mean everyone needed to be in hard lockdown? Yeah, look, I'm... <laughs> I'm, I'm unsure of of, um, of the kind of protocols. I mean, I, I thought, certainly saw Andy McGrath um, yesterday training at Metricon State, or not, well, he wasn't training at Metricon State because he's got a, his leg in a, he's got his knee in a big brace. Um, but um, you know, certainly, I guess 
on the bus and, and interacting um, with players. And, you know, look, I'm assuming he's he's received a, a negative test. I, I'm unsure of that at the moment. So, I mean, there's so many intricacies um, that, that I'm not across with regards yeah. to kind of testing and isolating. So I'd only be guessing. Yeah, absolutely. Fair enough. Um, you've been hot on the case of Dustin Martin this morning. How many Ks have you clocked up in the, the vehicle trying to find which <laughs> hospital he's in today? And what can you tell us about his condition? Oh, look, it is, it, it's a really serious injury for the Richmond superstar. And you could tell that it was serious with the way Dusty um, went down. He's such a, such a tough player. But um, that big collision with Mitch Robinson in that third term um, resulted in some significant kidney damage. So um, he went straight to hospital. He's been in there overnight. Uh, we, um, we saw the players leave uh, for the airport this morning from Brisbane. Dusty obviously uh, wasn't on the bus, so um, the club has since confirmed that he's staying in hospital for the time being, just being assessed. It is, it is a really serious injury. I know, you know, we can recall a, a few years ago, um, Tom Lonigan from the Cats, um, really dire and, and almost almost died and, and had he, one of his kidneys removed. Now, I'm not saying that it's that serious, but it is a, a you know, um, a really significant injury that, that needs medical attention. So he's certainly not on the plane um, with the Tigers uh, today. Alicia, thanks very much. Do you know how long you're going to be up there for? No, I don't. I don't. And isn't it funny, guys? We were supposed to be in, in Ballarat and it was 10 degrees and it's 25 degrees here and not a cloud in the sky. <laughs> You'll be off to the beach this afternoon, Alicia, once you've tracked down Dustin Martin, I reckon. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Good on you, mate. Speak Thanks, soon. Guys. Stay safe. Alicia Muling with us on the lead on ABC Grandstand AFL. So she's our reporter on the ground in Queensland at the moment where that situation is unfolding with a couple of players forced into a hard lockdown. The fixture gets really interesting from here, doesn't it? So yeah. St Kilda are going to literally have to get straight out of Docklands yeah. after the match today. Well, to I get, think their bags are packed in the room, ready yeah, to go. To go to Perth for the next round. Um, and the question now remains, the AFL's done a very good job uh, of maintaining the fixture that was set down at the start of the year. They've had to move time slots and grounds and that type of thing. But the actual who plays who within the round has remained the same. You'd have to think that that is now potentially in, in jeopardy in the back end of the year, that perhaps some of those matches might need to be shuffled around a little bit with teams located in closer proximity playing each other if possible. Uh, they could never compromise who... Each team would have to stick to the same teams they're yep. playing for the remainder of the year, but perhaps you're saying to twist them around. the order yep. around a little bit. Is a buy any chance to reset the year a little bit? Well, Is, you do have the luxury of the buy before the finals, so yep. could you actually bring that bring forward, forward if you needed yep. to and not have the buy before the finals? Yeah, I think that all those options are possible. So, again, you, you go back to the very start of this and... Gil McLaughlin talking about just being agile, you know. <laughs> like today, for example, you know, Ken Hinckley could have easily complained about um, what's going on and the, and the like. But put it like, just get here, yeah, just get on with it. You know what? It's another game of football. It's a few hours earlier than than we expected, but you know, off you go. Well, the, the situation last year you saw with the teams that sort of publicly came out and were unhappy and expressed their dismay at the situation. The likes of the West Coast Eagles, um, when they had done that, they weren't playing well. And there were others who really embraced the challenge. I suppose the, the difference this year is that they've had the worst of it. That was yep. hub life last year when some teams were in hubs for 100 days. That's nothing like the situation at the moment. And we're actually 
We can see the finish line yeah. in the football there's six season. Weeks of, there's six weeks of home and away games remaining, and there's four weeks of finals. So we're talking, and you include the bye, there's 11 weeks of football remaining in this season. But you've got to get 10 weeks of football into 11 weeks. Mm-hmm. They won't want to push the grand final, no. I'm assuming. Nope. So they, they may have to get creative, bring that bye forward for some yep. teams, uh, but then getting the games out of the way that they can with teams in, in similar uh, locations. Um, funny you mentioned West Coast. West Coast didn't handle last year at all well. West Coast this year, the last three weeks, I have no idea what is going on with them. They have just, they've had some of the most awful losses in recent memory for the West Coast Eagles. Can you get a read on it, Rammer? Because to the casual observer looking at West Coast lineup on paper, now the mitigating circumstances are the injuries they've had and the players, when they've come back as much as they're getting their best players back, now they... They're perhaps a bit underdone, but they look like they have the pieces in every part of the ground, defence, middle, and the forward line. The your pieces, pieces have got to be, have your pieces have got to be fit, though. That's that's the, like, the way football's played now, how quick it is, how fast every player has to be, how quick you have to move from, um, from one area of the, of the ground to, to the next. That's, I think, what's lacking with West Coast in the middle. It looks like they're getting overrun. They're still trying to move the ball slowly from their back half teams. Teams are just all over that now. They just sit back and wait for it. Isn't it, isn't it funny, though? And, and I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to stir something up, but it's just an observation. A Dom Sheed kick for goal that wins the premiership in 2018, mm. he misses that. Nathan Buckley's a premiership coach and probably gets through this tough year this year and still coach of Collingwood. And right now, the way everything's gone over the last 18 months, Adam Simpson is under all sorts of pressure. Adam Simpson signed a contract extension. Yeah, he's a premiership coach, and you have that buffer because you've won a premiership. It was the Dom Sheed kick that uh, may have, the sliding doors moment, may have changed everything. Yeah, change of fate for for both sides, isn't it, when you look at the the post-history and... West Coast winning a, a premiership and led for Jordan a, a few minutes. Contest. Yes, yes. They, <laughs> because, and I know what you're saying is fitness is key. They have been awful. Yeah. And when you've got a team that's Nat Nui, Yo, Shuey, Gaff, Tim Kelly, Darling, Kennedy, Liam Ryan, McGovern, Barras, Shepard. It's extraordinary. It's an outstanding team on paper. So you look at the game then against Adelaide this week. I'm starting to think Adelaide might have just hit the wall as well. Now... 52 points against uh, Brisbane at the Adelaide Oval. And then Essendon last week, I think it was 65, 60, 70 points, whatever, whatever that, that was. I just wonder if Adelaide can respond now. Because this, it seems like a perfect storm for both these teams, yep. one way or another. If, it's, if Adelaide get over the top of West Coast, well, they might, they might still have another couple of weeks of footy in him. If West Coast are able to get over the top, it might just kickstart them again. This is the lead on ABC Grandstand AFL with Adam... Adam Ramanaskis. You two, there's a little bit of conflict building, isn't oh, the uh, no, there? Is. There's, there's, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, there is. He stresses me out. He's mere presence <laughs> enough to make oh, me I'm going to be honest. There is a little bit of tension. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just make some notes for you, Ram. If yeah, you ever need no, to talk no, to HR. That's that's uh, I'll bring in Toby now. As well, Alistair Nicholson, who can barely pronounce Adam Ramanaskis' name anymore, which is a worry. Zero four three seven 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 four seven seven four. if you want to join us uh, in the conversation as well. Richmond have received the least number of free kicks this year, says Nick in Blackrock and given away the most baffled as to why and the trend has been happening for four out of the last five years. Last night the free kick count was basically even and I wonder if we would be praising Richmond as much had they received ten fewer free kicks than the op and lost, says Nick. That's his observation. Clearly there was 
uh, more stricter interpretation of the dangerous tackle. Very quickly, do you think Toby Nankervis has a case to answer for that tackle on Joe Danaher? He hit his head I believe he should because I'm a, I'm a believer in the action should be judged, but I believe they do it on the outcome, so he probably won't. He, he, he might get a fine, maybe. But no, nah, I, I think they'll say Danaher played on. No worries at all. But I agree there was a shift in, in the way it was uh, judged last night. What were five? At least tackle? five. At least yeah. five. Yeah. And even one that was a, a stock standard push in the back was actually judged as a, a dangerous, dangerous tackle, tackle yeah. rather than a push in the back. Three games of football coming up for you today on Grandstand AFL. The first of those is St Kilda and Port Adelaide here at the Docklands where the roof is closed. There won't be a crowd at this match this afternoon. If St Kilda wins, the Saints will have recorded four wins in a row and will be back in the AFL's top eight. If Port Adelaide wins, the power will replace the Brisbane Lions in the AFL's top four. Then it's Gold Coast and the Western Bulldogs in the middle game, the twilight match from Carrara and Melbourne and Hawthorne tonight from the MCG. So that match was moved back and the Saints-Port Adelaide match was brought forward to accommodate the Saints getting out of Melbourne and to Perth ahead of the clash against West Coast in round 19. Coming up next on the lead, the coach of the Port Adelaide Football Club, Ken Hinckley. Women have now been in Australian parliaments for 100 years. What do they have to do to fit in? I had to stop smoking cigars in public. Then I was told I had to change my name. And I'm thinking, I'm taking fashion advice from a senior male member of the Prime Minister's staff. The first full day I was Prime Minister and all the reporting was about my jacket. Ms Represented, the secret history of women in Parliament told by some of its trailblazers. Starts this Tuesday on ABC TV and streaming on iview. This is The Lead on ABC Radio and ABC Sport Digital. Huge game for Port Adelaide up against the Saints this afternoon. Under the roof at the Docklands, the power looking to go into the AFL's top four and their coach is Ken Hinckley. He joins us on The Lead on ABC Grandstand AFL. G'day, Ken. Good morning, boys. Give us a sense of the build-up to the match and uh, understand you've only recently arrived. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit different. Not not that different that we haven't done in the previous twelve months, but certainly this year it's a, a little different for us travelling in on the day of the game and uh, getting up uh, six and getting on the flight and had a pretty good flight across and pretty comfortable room in here at, at Marvel Stadium and boys are just starting to drift into the rooms ready to go. So when did you find out um, firmly um, that you would be playing <coughs> this match in in Melbourne in the earlier slot? Oh, when the earliest slot wasn't until yesterday, and probably Wednesday we knew we were still coming to Melbourne Wednesday night. A late call, but you know one we were ready for. We knew there was a possibility of all sorts of things. And in terms of the contest itself, Ken, it's a it seems a really big match in the context of both your season and St Kilda's this afternoon. Yeah, it is. You know, and um, you know St Kilda have been in really good form and. You know, we, we, we probably haven't been as, as, as consistent as we would have liked. You know, we've been beaten by the better teams, but we've been pretty strong against the teams who have been under us. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a massive game for both teams. It's a, you know, it's a tough game, and that's what it is week in, week out. And, Kenny, unfortunately, injuries have hit again, obviously missing some key players already. Uh, Connor Rosie out injured, Stevie Motlop, and, uh, and Zach Butters, and that's the main one I wanted to ask about. How's Zach travelling? He's... Such an important player, such a talented young player, um, but just can't get a run at it at the moment. How's he travelling body-wise, mentally, everything with, with his game? Yeah, no, look, you're right, Linger. Um, the, the main thing there with, 
we, if you go through that list, you've mentioned two or three there with Mott's having surgery. Also, yesterday, Robbie Gray having surgery, Kane Farrell having surgery. We've had, um, you know, our high half forwards pretty much have been pretty much decimated from our um, from our side, and you know, there's been six of the boys there. We've had, I think, as a footy club, we've had 12 surgeries in season now, which is remarkable. Like we just don't have that number at any time in any season that I've been here. But for Zach, he's had a couple of those surgeries, and um, you know, he's he's in pretty good shape now. He's his mindset is he just wants to play and be out there and help. And you know, he's just you know a little bit disappointed again with what happened last week. But I think there was always a chance he was still going to run into a roadblock or two. He's so important to us, uh, like the other boys, but Zach's incredibly important because of his flexibility to play through the middle of the ground and forward. Well, Kenny, that's what I wanted to ask you. Furthermore, to, to Lee's question there, it's about how you play. Lee mentioned those players, Rosie, Butters, Botlop. You had Fantasia, you had Robbie Gray in there. They're X-factor players. They're ball movement type of players. You guys are yet very much contest, win the contest, but... On the outside, do you have to change your game slightly now with that type of personnel out of the team? Yeah, well, absolutely, we have to. I mean, that's our speed on the floor and our class. Um, to be fair, it's um, you know our game breakers in all those players that you talk about. You know, we know everyone else has a role to play. You, you know, your defenders have you've got to stand up strong. As you said, our mids are always been pretty consistent, and you know our, our front half of the game has always um, you know been the part that we've built really strongly over the last two or three years. Unfortunately, at the moment. Um, None of those pieces are available to us, but it's great credit to the boys who have been able to fill a role there and come in and play slightly different roles for us. Um, but to play with the speed that we'd like to play and the, and the capability that we have got to play, we we would like a one or two of them boys back in the side. Kenny, you're juggling a lot of things at the moment. Uh, first and foremost is trying to win games and uh, and playing in the very best competition in the land. You're juggling the COVID stuff. You're juggling those injuries. But also, how do you go with, all the chatter, Michael Voss, potential for Collingwood coach, does he apply to all this? What's the process in season when you've got a high-quality assistant coach like that, allowing him room to explore other options but keeping him focused on the job at hand? What, what's the balance there? Uh, it's really simple. You trust the person that you're working with and he's such a high-quality person that Michael will keep us informed with everything he needs to be. He will get distracted by you know nothing. Obviously, he's got some other stuff that he's got going on. His commitment to us, regardless of what happens in all those other environments, is that he's committed to Port Adelaide for 21 and to make sure we get the absolute best result we can this year. He's such a good person that you just you just trust him to do the right thing all the way through, and he will. And he's you know so far, um, which I don't know too much about. I'm so far, he he would not know that Michael's got any other thing going on in his world other than Port Adelaide. And Ken, you have said previously that you think Michael's more than ready for another crack at senior coaching. What have you seen about him and his involvement as a coach while he's been under you at Port Adelaide? Oh, Michael, Michael's um, you know, he's a great player and a great leader of men all the way through. That's never been an issue for him, but he, he probably didn't have the experience that you need to be a coach in some way. Um, he got thrown an opportunity to coach his club that he played for and was such a successful player at that no one, I don't... I don't think anyone in the world would say no to. But I think Michael, in his own admission, would be saying, look, I didn't really know what I didn't know, and now I've, I've got a good handle on a lot of lot more things that a coach has to do, and I've got a lot more understanding of what the coach does. He is, for me, he just takes the heat off my position. He knows what my position looks like, and he's now got a better understanding of what that is, and, and I'm sure he's much better prepared for, for the, the opportunity and the challenge of being an AFL coach himself. So... Back to the game, Kenny, looking at the lineup today, obviously Dixon, Georgiades, Marshall, and you've got obviously Laddams there um, as, as well. 
is that the right mix for in that in that forward line for you, particularly with the players that we spoke about a little earlier that you have out, just with that speed factor, or is it just simply that's the troops that we've got? We've just simply got to play those guys at the minute. Yeah, I shouldn't say that like that, but that's sort of the that's the honest answer. It's it's kind of where we're at, and it's what we've got available, and we've got a manufacturer way to kick a winning score, and we will do that, and we'll do that with those players, and along with people like Pau Pepper and Sam Mays and Boyd Woodcock who come in and play, you know, in roles for us as well in, in their front half. So that, that's the challenge that we have. We, we're very lucky in some ways that we're playing here at Marvel with the roof closed down. There's no crowds if the roof's closed. So it certainly gives us an opportunity with the height that we have in our front half. If we can provide enough opportunity, we, we think we're more than capable of challenging some killer backs. Alira Alira in the first half of the season has been terrific. The second half of the season, particularly the game against Geelong, Jeremy Cameron started to take him up the field a little more. He's probably been, you know, he's been using the ruck a little bit. But how do you, I guess, how do you instruct the lead just really to stay back? Because he is that, he's such a good interceptor that teams are trying to get him away from that danger zone for them now. Yeah, he's an intercept defender. And that's what we brought him here for. And that's what we want him to do. We've played him in the ruck once. Um, we've given him one opportunity to, to see what our balance looks like with an extra defender. We, we, we're not, that's not our model, but it's our, it's our um, need to make sure we know what all our bases are before we get later in the year. Um, he's, you know, he, he'll get a challenge. He'll keep getting challenged because he has been an outstanding defender for us all year. He's been in really good form and, you know, he's, he's in our best four or five players right through the season. So his challenge is to um, put himself in positions where he can influence the game for us the way we need it. And there's also the challenge, as Sydney did to him, they, they put someone to him and they restrict him and try to restrict him that way. But... You know, I think with the volume of opportunities he gets, he's still having a massive impact for us, and um, we expect that to continue. And Ken, did you watch the game last night? Yes, I did. Yeah. What did you make of um, the interpretation of the dangerous tackles? Did you learn anything about how that might be officiated today? <laughs> um, not really. <laughs> not really, because I, I think it's officiated. I think it's officiated sometimes differently from game to game, and you know the corrections are made on run, which I think is right. I think that. The AFL and the, and the umpires department would, would look at those things themselves. They don't need us or me or anyone else um, making any adjustments for them. They just need to, to umpire the, what they see. And if, if that's what they see, um, pay the free kicks that are there. And, you know, I think we're all in, in favour of protecting people and protecting their head. Um, you know, you've just got to make sure you're paying the right free kicks, I suppose. How often, Ken, would you make a call to, to the umpire? Is it, is it a weekly conversation that you have or do you simply just get on with it now? Yeah, I don't, I don't make too many calls at all. Um, you know, if I spoke to him once or twice a year, I, I think that'd be unusual. Um, you know, we have, we have the umpire availability to us, which is fantastic by the umpire department through the pre-season. We get to create some relationships with people that, and the umpires that, that I really value, and I think that's the best way you can, you can have um, you know, some conversations that are mature enough to understand that umpiring's a tough gig, um, and, and you shouldn't be trying to influence it in any way other than do your best. Kenny, after today's game and, and hopefully for your sake after a good win, where to from here for the group? What, what have you got to do post this one? Is it jump straight on a flight and get out of here as soon as possible? No, um, we've got to wait around for three or four hours after the game before our flight goes at 9.30, I think it is tonight. Um, and that's based on making sure we, we could have got out, depending on the game time and, and what was happening and, and COVID restrictions. Then we go home and we'll face a couple of days of quarantine um, testing and coming back with negative results from all of St Kilda and all of us before we'll be able to move around in, in, in the beautiful city of Adelaide without any problems again. So um, at the moment, uh, we, you know, it's a small price to pay to keep the game rolling. 
So that couple of days of quarantine that you talk about, can how much does that affect your preparation for next week? Oh, not too much. We're still able to go to the club for training sessions and that in a period of time. But we have isolation between us and our sample team, so our Magpies team, which who are playing tomorrow. So we're not allowed to go and be a part of that, watch that game. We're not allowed to train with them until we get all our all clear stuff back in 48 hours after this game. So that causes a little disruption. It causes a little disruption to the numbers you have at training. But really, it's stuff that we've done now. It feels like we've been doing it forever. It's, it's, it's stuff that we adjust to really quickly. And one last one. Ken, everyone got on the flight okay today? No late changes for your team to the, the squad that was named during the week? No, no. We're very reliable and very, very upfront football club. We pick who we pick. And unless there is a genuine injury, we don't make any changes. So um, uh, our team is as selected. There should be more like you, Kenny. Thanks for your time on Grandstand <laughs> AFL. Thanks, boys. Ken Hinckley with us in the lead-up to this clash this afternoon. The first game for broadcast on Grandstand AFL between the Saints and the Power. It's a big one. The Saints looking to go into the top eight. The Power looking to go into the top four on 0437774774. Mark in Adelaide says, hello. I cannot see why the St Kilda Port game was not moved to Adelaide Oval. Um, I suppose it was around getting St Kilda there and also the fact it was a home game as well, Mark, for the Saints. Uh, hi, guys. How can they be playing in Melbourne when we're in lockdown? The players should not be allowed to fly to another state when the match is finished without doing 14 days quarantine. Just do as the rest of us have to do, says another listener. Will Middleton uh, from Middleton in South Australia says uh, around the coaches wearing face masks... Perfect scenario these days for poor old Brendan Bolton. Could have sworn like a trooper with a mask. He used to put the hand up over his mouth, didn't he? Bolts in the day. Um, and Mark from Maryborough reckons um, there's no issues with the season being completed because Premier McLaughlin will ensure that the season gets through. All right, Mark. Thanks for your text. 0437 774 774. Um, injuries for Fremantle of a concerning nature. Sean Darcy and Rory Lobb in that heavy defeat to Geelong on Thursday night. Um, our West Australian grandstand colleagues on Sports Talk have been speaking with the football boss of the Fremantle Dockers, Peter Bell, who provided the latest. Yeah, I'm pleased to report that Sean um, is a reasonably positive outcome. He's got some um, a minor strain of, of the medial and uh, also around the medial uh, patella femoral area. Um, overall, what that means is that uh, it's actually a really stable knee, which is positive, and, and we're quite confident that it'll be available against Sydney. Uh, Rory's been managing um, a sore ankle for a little while now. Um, he's got some laxity in his ankle. He's probably got uh, a lot of wear and tear there, little loose bodies in the ankle as well. He, he would be doubtful for Sydney, but we're not going to put a line for him at this stage. So that's the football boss at the Fremantle Dockers, Peter Bell and Sean D Darcy, who is one of the emerging yeah, big men well, in the that competition. Positive on Sean Darcy. He's been unbelievable the last six, eight weeks. Gee, you can play, can't yeah. you? Yeah. Wow. Jesus, Geelong boy, Lee. Yeah. All right. Any time, chance, Trevor? Time for you boys to play, I reckon. <laughs> it's time for hospital handballs. Oh. It's a hand pass away to Gorn. Bump. And then a heavy bump. Sydney stack bouncing straight off Barney. Baker has been completely flattened. That is the definition of a hospital hand pass. All right, I'll uh, open the bowling today. Now, Lingy, you know my tentacles stretch far and wide around this uh, great country of ours. You yes. had last week off, obviously. I did. And we, had the, we had the terrific debut of uh, Adam Tomlinson on the lead. 
Did you go out to the Great Barrier Reef? We did, yes. Yeah, took the kids out there. It was a great experience. Okay. How did that... So it was a great experience for the kids and the wife. How was the experience for you? <laughs> Who have you been talking uh, to? Don't you never... You, I told you, my tentacles <laughs> reach far and wide around this country. Uh, I didn't do the boat trip overly well, Rama. Um, <laughs> I was a little green around the gills and... So yeah. was it breakfast or lunch? <laughs> Uh, let's just say a four-year-old, a six-year-old, and an eight-year-old were just left afloat in the wide, vast ocean while I just lay on the deck praying to be driven back to land. It's like, somebody get a chopper in here and fly me the hell out of here. Is there a worse feeling that you've had in your life? Uh, how did you find that out? You do, Rama does know everyone, Al. That's what I've, uh, I've worked out. Yeah, no, I didn't, didn't do it well. The kids loved it. I'm never getting on another boat again. Really? <laughs> that? Oh, it was awful. I was hungover for two days after that from seasickness. So you're the beautiful part of the world that you live in down in Geelong. I imagine you would have went out on a couple of charter fishing boats oh, and the like. Been on boat trips surfing, all of that. Yeah. But this one just really got a hold of me big time. Um, well well informed there, Emma. Well played. Well played. I'm going to bring it back to footy. Okay. Here. Uh, I'm going to get serious for one second. Only four teams can win the premiership. Four? Hypothetically. Only four. Okay. Who are they? you got to leave one out. I think definitely Geelong. I think definitely Melbourne. I think definitely the Bulldogs. Port, Brisbane, Richmond is a little outsider. Sydney. Sydney. Only one. I'm going I'm to say Port Adelaide, but I'm going to put a little disclaimer on it. If they get their speed back. If, if not, they can't. Is he sitting on the fence? Disclaimers, the disclaimers are allowed in I've never heard of Ramanaskis disclaimer. I, I, think, I think the other one that is a real chance is Sydney. So the lines are done? Put a line through them? Oh, that's, you, you've nearly got me here, Lincoln. You've nearly got me. <laughs> that's First what you time, get for yeah. finding out about no, me getting nearly, You've nearly got me here. Two seasons in round 18, <laughs> finally got him. Yeah. I, that disappointed me last night. That was Richmond weren't in good form. They weren't able to get over the line there. So that that was a disappointing performance by the Lions. Yep, I'll put a line. Ooh, I'm glad I one last one. Yeah. Mark McClure's not with us this weekend. He's uh, he's having a little boat trip himself. He caught a beautiful tuna. fish out. Uh, caught a tuna. Yeah, big tuna yeah. out sea fishing. What else is he up to? I wonder. I wonder. Have you well, heard? He's, you and him are tight. He would have let you know what he's up to. Uh, look. There's, a, there's already a disappointing part. So, Clinchy's already renamed uh, the, the show coming up next to Clinchy's Corner. Yeah, no excuses. No excuses is gone. So, first Sellers excuse. and Clinchy, uh, they are going to butt Ooh, heads next week. Wow. First, first excuse is what happened to the name of the program. So, Clinchy will have to clarify that for most of you. He's going to have Jacob Hopper on from the Giants. Oh. So, that'll be a good chat as well. If you're listening in South Australia, you're going straight to the build-up. A huge clash for Port Adelaide this afternoon, taking on the Saints at Doglands. Enjoy your Arvo.